Oh, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. The world's just changed so radically, and we're all running to catch up. How can we possibly have the slightest idea of what to expect? With the best intentions. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. Dr. Malcolm, I have to share a few campfire stories with my uncle. You can convince the Washington Post and the Skeptical Inquirer of whatever you want. But I was there, I know what happened, and so do you. I, I don't think you're giving us our due credit. Our scientists have done things which nobody's ever done before. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. Hello, welcome to the August edition, August edition, the August edition of Jurassic Minutes, where we discuss recent movie, toy, and franchise news for the Jurassic series. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And we're here to discuss a pretty packed uh, month of news. Um, we got some new figures to talk about. Colin is up to his old tricks again, and the COVID virus is still messing around with Dominion's shooting schedule. All that and a lot more coming up on this show. Fifteen years ago, John Hammond had a dream. Like John himself, the dream was grand, it was outside, it was bold, it was impractical, it was not to be. David, any new toy purchases this month? Or props? Um, not, well, not toy, well, yes and no. They're not toys, but I do have some, I did get a new kind of prop in. Um, I got a couple of new books in that are Jurassic related, a um, book called The Dinosaur Data, uh, data book, which was used on in reference for Jurassic Park 3. And then I also got... Uh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm forgetting the titles of them. I got a couple in. I got The Prehistoric World of the Dinosaur by Dr. David Norman. He was... Or not, not, not he was... I'm sorry. This was a book that was used as a prop replica... Or not prop replica, but as a prop for uh, Burke for Dr. Uh, Robert Burke uh, when he did his photo shoot in The Lost World. by uh, played, And so that was kind of just, I mean, it was kind of interesting. I was kind of curious what was inside of it. It's actually got some really neat old kind of vintage dinosaur depict, uh, photos and dinosaur depictions. I mean, it's kind of, it's vintage-y, but it's, I mean, it's fun. It's got like, uh, a couple interesting old pictures of the Field Museum I actually have never seen before. Hmm. Yeah, it was good seeing online, uh, on Twitter and that, you posting up the photos and trying to hunt down what the book's title was and that. And mm-hmm. um, It was pretty quickly, actually, that some answers started flowing in and you were able to pick that copy up. Yes, I was, actually. And that was actually what I was just about to talk, to, talk about next was there was a book that Rick Carter is seen referencing in... Uh, for pre-production in the Lost World of Jurassic Park. And I could never read the title, so I went to our Twitter to kind of – our Twitter and our Instagram – I'm sorry, yeah, our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to try to help uh, hunt it down. And our fan, our listeners came through for us. So I picked up Dawn of the Dinosaurs, the, uh, the Triassic and Petrified Forest, and this book is completely illustrated by um, Douglas Henderson, and he's a fantastic artist. He, that's uh, I'm gonna actually I actually got a uh, thing from him earlier this week, and that's gonna be part of my prop replica score. Mm-hmm. But this is interesting. I was I was kind of uh, when I first discovered it, I didn't really understand why Rick Carter, who's the production designer, would want a book about the Triassic, but now that I have it in hand, and I posted up a couple of pictures of it on my on my Twitter, you could, I I understood it. I mean, there's some great scenery photos, and is he was probably using it to plan storyboards and concept art and stuff like that. And it was just it was really interesting to see that what kind of ideas I kind of getting into the mind of Rick Carter looking through this book, you know. Hmm. Yeah, well, you posted some photos up, and we're going to get to some of the um, other things later this evening as well. But just the, some of the shots of the old, the sort of real old growth forests and that, with animals mm-hmm. in, the, in the redwoods. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of Douglas Henderson, I've when we did the uh, Lost World Minute, 
there was uh, I mentioned some Douglas Henderson pencil drawings that were in Hammond's office, and so I got both of those. I got the uh, the Allosaurus versus Apatosaurus and the Stegoceratops. I mean, I'm <laughs> oh, I Stegosaurus. Jurassic <laughs> has ruined me. Stegosaurus creek, uh, creek bed picture. Uh, and they're both prints. They're both uh, just basic photo prints. But my plan here is to get them framed in a similar frame and matting as the one in as the ones in the Hammond's office. And unfortunately, I had planned to get them from Michaels, but it turned out that I. And I had not realized at the time they were clearance. Oh. So that is unfortunately not going to happen from them, even though they had the color and frame I was looking for. But gonna yeah, so read. now I'm going yeah, to have to shop around some. Mm. Ah, damn, that's all right. You might be able to, might be able to make do with something else. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got quite a, quite a few scores in the uh, reference area. These are all, pretty much all trying to get into the minds of the um creators that one di- the dinosaur data book was interesting because it was used on both the lost world and dress to park three and there's one diagram inside of it with a uh edmontosaurus being compared to a bison with the way the necks curve down to keep them at a grazing level okay it's interesting because during the um male T-Rex when he sticks his head into the tent, when he pulls it away and we get that CGI wide shot, the neck is kind of at this, and the neck in the back is kind of at the same kind of S-curve. And it was, it was something that previously before, find, before findings that in the book, I had questioned why they had chosen to kind of bend the neck and back in that position. And I got my answer, basically. Looking, once again, finally getting into the minds of the creators, I understood what they were doing when they were creating, when they did certain things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just trying to get that bit of an insight on what they were thinking when they started to uh, put the film together. Exactly, yeah. Uh, on the last uh, last edition, the July edition of Jurassic Minutes, I had discussed that uh, Dennis Nedry from the Ember Collection had gone up on it on Amazon, and I picked that up. Well, it's arrived a couple of days ago from all the way in Tennessee over there. <laughs> I don't know how that works. It must have been the uh, one of the Amazon warehouses over there. But this figure looks fantastic. It comes with a couple of sets, of, a second set of hands, a little uh, Barbasol can, and a second face or head that's got the uh, Dilophosaur spit on it. Um, I'm really, really happy with the way this guy looks. Yeah, that one looked really, really good. Glad you got that one, man. Yeah, and then pretty much as soon as we stopped recording that episode, the uh, Dilophosaur come back up again. So I got that and got a notification a couple of days ago that it's on its way. So I did watch a couple of views and did see that uh, that paint missing from inside the the crest and that. But I, <laughs> I think I've mentioned before, it's going to be an expensive East Oxide <laughs> to uh, to get that. And uh, to going the Dolph, so it's it's okay. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, can't wait to get that in hand too. I'm sort of holding off on the Malcolm and that um, for a little bit. I'm just yeah, I don't want to go rushing into this because <laughs> it's going to get real expensive real quick. Uh, anything else for recent toy proper news for that? Um, oh yeah, there there was one that I forgot to mention. Yep. Uh, it was kind of was a small little thing, but it was kind of a nostalgic kind of impulse buy. It was a Jurassic Park 3 bookmark that had the Spinosaurus on the top and the kind of lava rock uh, logo on the bottom and a uh, caution caution tape kind of lining the one side of it. It was basically that kind of iconography that was very popular in 2001 on the toys mm-hmm. and merchandising that kind of just suck, suckered me in and for five dollars I couldn't really pass it up <laughs> it was done with a tie-in with a Coca-Cola and on the back it's got like dinosaur it calls them dinosaur factoids and they're just like I mean clearly clearly is, is for marketing the movie like the Spinosaurus at 53 was the largest carnivorous dinosaur or Velociraptors hunted in packs and may have been the smartest dinosaurs I mean you can clearly tell it's marketing dinosaur facts based on Jurassic Park 3, not actual paleontology. 
Mm-hmm. But it's still fun. I mean, it was just a for five dollars, I couldn't pass it up. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's a little bit more love towards Jurassic Park for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yuck! Oh, great. Now she'll never try anything new. Just sit in her room and never come out and play on her computer. I'm a hacker. That's what I said. You're a nerd. I'm not a computer nerd. I prefer to be called a hacker. All right, uh, Dave. Ready to get in some news? Sure. That uh, that little bookmark with the marketing on it is pretty much going to lead us straight into tonight's story or the first story sadly the lost-world.com viral site has uh, finally disappeared from the universal servers after 20 20 something years <laughs> i know there has that's, been that's... some people that reckon you can still get to a couple of the pages through a back door or something but uh yeah there's the there's the wayback machine that does screen it basically recreates a website um, by uh, downloading the entire page of that website. And I'd say probably a good, good maybe 85, 90% of the uh, site is still there through way back. But it's it's just not the same, you know? No. Nah. I mean, it's not the same as being officially still there through Universal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like going all the way back to that those early days in '97, it was probably mm-hmm. the first real website I constantly went to <laughs> when, when the internet finally got here, or we got computers in school to uh, go on the internet all the way back at the start of high school. But <laughs> yeah, just I remember just spending days and days not doing spreadsheets and having me floppy three quarter floppy disks, just saving everything. That that InGen revolving logo was probably one of my favourite mm-hmm. things from that site, uh, being able to go yeah, into the engine side of things. and yeah. I had a GIF of, or I'm sorry, GIF, just to, uh, <laughs> just, just, to, just to cover my bases there. I had Triggered. a GIF of the engine spinning logo that had sadly is no longer a GIF on my computer. I mean, it's still the image, but it doesn't, it doesn't spin anymore. I can't get it to spin anymore. Mm-hmm. No matter what I do, which is kind of disappointing. I think it somehow got transformed into a JPEG. You uh, know? I, I'll help you out with that because I'm pretty sure I've got it here. I can send it to you. Oh, that's cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's, that's all right. You need you need a little engine in your life. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember getting I remember getting to it through the um, Jurassic Park three or not Jurassic Park three, but the Jurassic Park Institute. Uh, site that came out right after Jurassic Park 3 and that was like one of the few websites that the firewall that the firewall on the school computers would let me get through yeah along with um what, what was it explodinggames.com or something with with kitten cannon and <laughs> all those <laughs> sadistic stuff <laughs> but yeah it was um i remember that i would get it through there i was never really big on the institute website but I remember visiting the um, visiting the Jurassic Park th- uh, the LostWorld.com website a lot, as well as the um, Universal site that would uh, advertise the DVDs. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it was multifunctional. It advertised the site, oh, the movie coming out, um, Universal, and also had the link there for Jurassic Park: The Ride, which was being built at the same time and about to be released or about to be open to the public but yeah mm-hmm. it's like, even the uh, the engine side of things with all the, the emails and that sort of especially after reading the book um, and not knowing what the film was going to be going through a lot of those email stuff was sort of reminiscent of a lot of the stuff that was in the novel um, which but, sadly is that passcode locked area is one of the areas the way back does not have yeah. So that's I know I know because mm. I'd finally found the passwords and written them down in the <laughs> um in on a pad of paper and then I went to try them and it's like nope we don't have that page I'm like uh, damn twenty years too late well that and that leads to some of the exploration of the site too like Hammond's office going to the filing cabinet seeing the files for. Uh, those four files for the um, four characters that were going to the island, Ian, Sarah, Eddie, and Nick. Um, and then the, the fifth file, of course, with the passwords for the computer. Um, the like the uh, the inbox tray was linked to the forums you'd go to. And 
Um, mm. I remember back then I used to go to the go to the forums and just ask, does anyone have blueprints for the, blueprints for the RV or the or the worker village, even though they didn't exist? <laughs> not knowing not knowing back at the time that sort of stuff wasn't in the fans' hands, but um, and even the bookshelf bookshelf with links to the Jurassic Institute and all that, like you're just saying. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. The good old days of message boards and IRC chats. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'll have to check my hard drives because I thought I had a lot of that stuff backed up. And for, I'm, I'm thinking it might have been lost in the great data loss of 2005. I hope it wasn't, but I think it was. I'll have to check into that. Lost Dash World, you will be missed. Um, Rest in peace, 1997 to 2020. <laughs> another another innocent life taken by 2020. Ah, uh, yes, yes, indeed. So I thought there were two of them. There was a sibling in case this one didn't survive infancy. Where's the sibling? She ate it. <laughs> Coming up next, we have uh, a new trailer's been released. Uh, there's another Lego. Uh, Lego series, Lego feature on the way for Jurassic World. This one titled Jurassic World Double Trouble. Um, we don't have to go into a lot of it. I'm mm-hmm. sure everyone's seen it. Looking at uh, the sibling Indominus Rex is being hatched. Um, mischief, mm-hmm. mischief. 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 No. I can't even say that. Mischievous? Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah Simon Masroni's up to mischief anyway because he's being kicked off the board by his brother, uh, Grendel? Not Grendel, Hansel. I, <laughs> I watched it today, but um, and he uh, gets Wu to breed the two Indominuses for him to get the get his spot back as CEO. So a good little fun thing here. We we don't really know a lot of the uh, the siblings from Jurassic World. I I don't think we need to take too much of this as canon, but um, just some good fun Jurassic content on the way again mm-hmm. from the Lego crew. This is always. It's always great to get some you know, kind of interesting backstory, even if, you, like you said, it's not canon on the Indominus siblings, you know? I mean, yeah. all we really basically get to see of it is it hatched, and then we next thing we learn is she ate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which will be interesting if how if the two will survive at the end of this feature. Um, I'm guessing it's just a, a run movie. There's not really a lot of information on what it actually is, but... Maybe maybe they'll sort of tie in some way there of one eating the other, or maybe maybe that means Masroni's going to eat his brother as well because there's a lot of stuff during the uh, the trailer of um, mm-hmm. seemingly the Indominus being imprinted with the behaviour of Masroni, <laughs> copying a lot of things that he does, um, which takes me back to that Hammond quote: "He likes to be there when they're born, so you can imprint." <laughs> Well, I mean, if that's true, then maybe maybe we should, somebody should check Masrani's basement for bodies. <laughs> oh, indeed. Because then Dominus was a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes it was. What's hurt? What do you need? We need rope. Rope? What? Oh, anything else? Yeah, three double cheeseburgers with everything. No onions on mine. I don't know. We'll turn it over. Next up, in a little bit of Camp Cretaceous news, uh, we've had some photos and that revealed during the last couple of weeks of uh, Camp Cretaceous roaring into McDonald's. We've seen photos of some of the characters and dinosaur, characters both human and dinosaur, as well as uh, it seems they're going to come with some little books as well. I'm guessing in the Happy Meals. Mm-hmm. McDonald's always finding a way to make me buy Happy Meals. I even have a kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it. it, it I haven't got the photos up now, but the the photos of the uh, the toys seem seem pretty good. So um, I don't know if it's going to come to McDonald's Australia or international. Wait and see, I suppose. But um, I heard I think September eighth to it's going to be like till like for the next month. But I think they first start coming out on the eighth of next of next month. Mm-hmm. And I I won't deny I am going to go after these. I. Especially kind of hope for Bumpy. I know that Universal <laughs> has kind of been hoping that Bumpy will be the, uh, Jurassic Baby Yoda. So I'm kind of hoping that my odds will be in, in my favor in that case. Mm. But at the same time, there's some very interesting kind of things going on with 
the uh, toys because I mean I know they're usually the McDonald's toys are usually like really cheap plastic, but these actually kind of look like some a little bit more of effort's been put into them, hmm. which is something McDonald's hasn't really done for quite a quite a while now. And at the same time, the books I noticed that the cover of Blue looked like it had been been like a mixture of the Jurassic Park three Velociraptor face with Blue's face. Because oh, wow. the nasal ridges on the side of the snout are kind of raised, which, which is kind of I'm not sure if that's going to be something that's going to ha- uh, be in in Dominion or if it's just kind of a bad graphic design that coincidentally matches the Jurassic Park three Raptors. <laughs> well, you're assuming that's actually blue. <laughs> you you come up with a pretty good theory this month as well, which. Um... I suppose it doesn't really fit into any news stories tonight that uh, perhaps Biosyn will uh, have their own version of Blue and that'll be the, the big bad dinosaur for the film. And those yes, fight yes. At the I end. Wa- <laughs> I, yeah, I was talking about that with a friend of mine. I was kind of remissing how much I missed those savagely minded raptors. So I kind of imagined what if Biosyn creates raptors but they make the same mistakes Hammond made and during... Uh, when he first made them, and he kind of just sticks them all in isolation, and they never really form any kind of pack bond or any kind of human raptor bond. And so, all these raptors kind of understand is this savagery where they don't understand anything beyond the basic instinct of survive, kill, eat, poop. Mm. Basically, I mean, basically what uh, Owen says is going to say here in a uh, couple minutes coming up. But at the same time, what if Blue meets that raptor and that raptor's first instinct is kind of like this feral savagery, like a feral, like if a feral human meets a regular human, the regular human is kind of repulsed by it, but at the same time pities that feral, this feral basal kind of human, but it, uh, Blue kind of does the same thing. She understands a um, human raptor relationship, and so she kind of just looks at this raptor with this kind of repulsion and pity. You know? Yeah. Well, it make it makes sense. It'd, it'd be good for the because the audience knows from Jurassic World and with um, what happens to the Indominus Rex there of what happens when an animal's kept in containment like that. Mm-hmm. And you could just imagine the scene where Owen's watching or talking to Dodson or or first discovers this uh, nemesis blue, <laughs> I'll call her, and uh, realises that, um, and we realise with Owen, the fact that this thing's, these animals are being locked up, whether it's one or a pack, um, mm-hmm. we know this is going to be an indominus all over again, and they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can see it coming. <laughs> I can see it coming. Mm-hmm. Well, at the same time, I mean, even the raptors that Injun kept on, on Jurassic Park, they were... They still had pack bonds with uh, the big one as the pack leader and kind of a loose pack structure with subordinates. And anybody who didn't fall in the line was met with a claw and the tooth. Mm-hmm. But it, but what if we got, say, a raptor like the Indominus kept in isolation? It's just that one raptor. And so we get a replication of what we got in those first two movies of this kind of feral, savage raptor but it encounters a raptor that does understand pack structure. So it'd be almost like a Jurassic Park 1 raptor meeting a Jurassic Park 3 raptor because we got the Jurassic Park 3 raptor understands uh, a pack structure, understands communication within that pack structure versus just pure, insane, raw instinct. Mm. Yeah, it's a scary thought. (laughs) In a way, that would also kind of satisfy fans who have always kind of wanted to see a matchup between the Jurassic Park slash the Lost World Raptors versus the Jurassic Park 3 Raptors. Mm. Because even though they both kind of have seem to have the same intelligence potential, the Jurassic Park 3 Raptors have this much more vocal kind of organized pack structure where they vocalize to each other, they create a hunting strategy and pattern whereas the 
the Jurassic Park raptors or the Lost World raptors are more instinctual than that. They use more non-verbal cues, more visual cues, and hunt in a kind of disjointed, instinctive way, striking almost like a, almost like a tiger would from the long grass, but <laughs> having no kind of singular game plan. They don't, they don't, they hunt for the betterment of the individual versus the betterment of the pack. Yeah. Yeah. Again, fingers crossed. They <laughs> rescued Grant. Dr. Grant, we need to go now. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the important thing. All right, continuing on with the uh, Dominion theme now, Sam Neill and Laura Dern have been posting up I'll post up a photo on Twitter each uh, at the start of the month. Uh, Sam Neill posted a hello old friend and a uh, shot of a new fedora hat. Uh, not the same one from Jurassic Park 3. Um, a lot of people have been comparing it to that one. It's very similar. He doesn't have the same hit hat 20 years later, people. <laughs> it's, that's, not, that's not how it works. I was going to say, arguably you could you could potentially argue it as the same hat, just with a new hat band, because, I mean, I have hats in my collection that are well over 20 years old, mm-hmm. and um, it does look to be have some distress on it, some kind of um, probably fake costuming dirt or something. But the biggest difference between this hat and the Jurassic Park 3 hat is the band, whereas in Jurassic Park 3, it was a ribbon, it was a tied ribbon band, whereas this one seems to have a kind of leather band uh, uh, a thin leather band around it yeah. and the uh, pinch is also a little looser but again you could also argue that does happen with old with older hats the um, felt kind of doesn't become as malleable well also too it did spend a considerable amount of time in the water when Billy <laughs> rescued it so um, and it had to be remolded that's another key uh, thing too, is that Billy rescued this hat in um, the first movie. His hat was left there on the in on the main road outside the Tyrannosaurus uh, paddock, mm-hmm. whereas he actually got the hat back in, at the end of Jurassic Park Three. Yeah, I'm just trying to think now. When he's at the, when he gets out of the truck at the dig site and Billy's seducing a student there, is he wearing the hat there, or is it only when he gets on the plane and goes to sauna? I thought he might have been wearing the hat yeah. at the time. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he's wearing it when he's that he's talking to Kirby about the, uh, the yeah. Thing too. yeah yeah. So it's not just a going out hat. It's um, something he does wear all the time. Yeah. Well, when you're out there in the sun, there's no mm-hmm. trees. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a necessity. Yep. So yeah, a good little pick there from Sam. Um, he's there back on the set filming at the moment. Uh, Laura Dern's photo she posted up was simply just the uh, director's chairs that uh, had her name, or oh, Dr. Ellie Sattler and Dr. Alan Grant on them uh, on set as well. Nothing from Jeff Goldblum yet, which uh, is odd, but uh, yeah, both of those two actors got their uh, got a photo up on Twitter from something related to Dominion anyway. Goldblum did tweet out a, um, I, guess, I guess a bunch of the cast members put together a... Uh, stone logo of the Jurassic Park logo out of like a bunch of rocks that I guess they found either were supplied with or they found around I don't know I'm assuming they were supplied with them and they were going to make an Instagram like a collective post with with this because Goldblum took a selfie with the with the logo and posted on Instagram then deleted it and then another then another cast member did the same thing they took a selfie of him self with the stone logo and then deleted it off Instagram. So I think there's probably going to be some kind of group photo that they do at the end of filming here with this stone logo and that's why they, it keeps getting deleted. Okay. <laughs> with Sattler, I'm I kind of got a little bit of content uh or contempt with that reveal because at at a minimum shouldn't it be like Ellie Sattler Degler, or her, shouldn't she have taken her husband's name? I mean, arguably there are people who don't do that, but there's that's more of a thing that um, is more common now, not so much in 2001, and 
if it was done in 2001, it was only because there was more of a celeb status thing and they were, and say like Britney Spears was more well known with the last name Spears than whatever her husband's name was at the time. I can't remember what, oh, who he was. Oh, yeah, that's, that, <laughs> that's, that's far and some brain cells now to remember that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I really hope that we do get something, some kind of confirmation that Mark Degler isn't just being ignored for the sake of nostalgia and that it's not like, oh, he's died, I'm with Grant again. It's like, come on, don't, don't, we, he exists, don't just write him out just for nostalgia bait, you know? Yeah, when I seen this, I was incredibly disappointed <laughs> that it was there, but then talking to some uh, fans and that, learning, okay, well, maybe academic reasons she's kept the settler name just because we know in dress park free she was writing a book um and she'd want mm-hmm. that settler name on it to sort of uh familiarize with uh previous um uh documents no doc- documents previous sort of research and stuff she'd released or published um she'd want that familiarity instead of having uh doc mm-hmm. Bailey settler quite uh Brackets, formerly uh, Sattler or Degler or yeah. whatever, um, on yeah. the front of a book. So, in retrospect, I did forget about the book. I mean, she could be trying to do that celeb recognition thing, where in a post San Diego incident world, she's it's known that she was involved with the Jurassic Park uh, incident in 1993, and having that last name tied to the book would be promotion better promotional. You know? Yeah, yeah, well, that's it. And sort of thinking more along those lines, it, it, I'm sort of more hopeful that okay, well, that might be the way they're going to go, and it's not just going to be mm-hmm. a Jurassic Park three doesn't exist and Ellie and Grant got together. Which <laughs> then why isn't it Doctor Ellie Grant? If it was Doctor Ellie Grant, then we'd have trouble. <laughs> By the way, Doctor Sattler, um, she's not like available, is she? Why? Yeah, I'm sorry. You two are... Uh... Yeah. One uh, one character that's going to be in trouble, maybe, is uh, Jake Johnson. Um, due to the whole COVID thing, he's been busy filming uh, on season two of uh, Stomptown, and it's sort of clashing with the scheduling for him, or his return into Dominion. Uh, article up here, him and Colin are sort of working out, trying to get some uh, filming done around his... Uh, busy TV schedule. Mm-hmm. And I do love his enthusiasm in the, uh, in the interview that they have of him, him here. He's kind of, he's like pitching to Trevorrow. Well, if I come back with this PTS thing, with this PTSD thing, and I'm wearing a, uh, wait, what, what, it was a, oh, oh, a ponytail. army jacket with a ponytail. <laughs> 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 and Trevorrow was like, no, <laughs> Well, he didn't. He didn't really live through anything. He spent the whole time in the control room. Yes, he's seen some stuff on monitors, but he wants seventy sunglasses and always smoking a cigarette. <laughs> very, uh, <laughs> very John Arnold. I do like the. I do hope that Jake Johnson is able to come back, though. I know that he was expected by fans in Fallen Kingdom, and I would be a little disappointed if he didn't return for Dominion, especially because from what Trevorrow's been saying, he was really trying to do a whole everybody getting the gang back together, you know? Yeah, well, this being the end of this, this new trilogy, you sort of want to have a bit of um, a bit of full circle to it, especially when you only had Claire and or Claire Owen and mm-hmm. Rue really returning for Fallen Kingdom, which, yeah, I still think's a shame. Ian? The animal's dehydrated. The first thing it's going to do is go to a water source, and then it's going to look for the next thing its body needs. All the containment equipment is here. We've got to get it back to the dock. The boat might still be seaworthy. On the uh, the whole COVID front with Dominion, uh, unfortunately, it sounds like their filming in Malta has to be uh, pulled right back. Um, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum have been sort of uh, told they're not going there due to a uh, a big spike recently in new COVID cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of expected, so I can't say I'm too disappointed with it, but I mean, I did really kind of expect that Malta would at, would 
kind of be more limited. Pretty much anywhere that they're not filming on a completely controlled studio mm. is going to be limited at this point, you know? I mean, because it's on, a, on a closed set, you can pretty much control everybody who's there, everybody who, what everybody's wearing, it, making sure everybody's disinfecting. I mean, on a more open-air set like Malta or something like that, you can pretty much guarantee that you aren't able to, you're going to have to have the necessity of some kind of extras and local workers and stuff like that. That's always uh, obligatorily or <laughs> whatever. It's it's always kind of tied in with the uh, with the on location set. You're always giving back to the local economy in a sort of way. Like when Spielberg filmed in Eureka, they were all staying at a local hotel. You mm-hmm. know. And that's something I'm sure they're doing at um, at Malta too. They're probably staying at a local hotel, which itself brings COVID issues because you're probably needing that's probably nece- necessitating like kind of daily dis- uh, disinfection and all kinds of stuff that it basically increases sec- uh, COVID security even more than it already ha- is. Well, I'd imagine they've probably. Uh, booked out the entire hotel just for the crew, just so you haven't got yeah, right. um, any risk of cross, cross-contamination there. But um, the deadline article here does state that um, Dominion was to have a uh, significant presence in Malta uh, with uh, the first and second unit, but now it's mainly going to be the second unit crew shooting there, which when we get to our next story, maybe maybe what we're going to be getting there. But... Yeah, the principal characters and that the actors won't be heading over, so we might just get uh, film backplates, CG backplates of uh, Malta put behind Chris Pratt on the green screen, <laughs> maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking that too because a second unit does imply a larger kind of uh, big scale action sequences taking place here. Mm. So I'm assuming that they can't get their principal actors and cast on location they're gonna set them up with a green screen behind them and just and just kind of double them in i think this was Gennaro. i think this was too well that'll take us straight into the next story uh the new york times posted up some on-set photos uh one of which we get to see the return of the uh, animatronic compies and Mm-hmm. Some uh, Eagle Eye fans have spotted some archways in the background, which is very Malta. I think there's like, some actual uh, on-location photos of mm-hmm. these archways. Um, I don't know what the town is now, <laughs> where where it was, but uh, important thing here. Uh, it's, kind of, it, it's difficult because the um, the archway there, it, while it matches the stone the stonework at Malta, seems to be more of a studio set. So I'm guessing. This is probably a um, interior scene that's being filmed back at Pinewood. You know, mm. you can definitely see the uh, the way it transitions from those archways into seemingly a studio. Yeah, because then the next picture we have is Chris Pratt, and I can't tell who he's. Oh, I saw uh, it's calling Dewanda Weiss's Kayla character, who I think was revealed to be a pilot. Mm is are walking through a coniferous jungle back at Pinewood Studio. Hmm. But yeah, copies! I love copies. <laughs> copies. <laughs> the return of the, the glass red eyes like they did in Fallen Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So a little bit different to what we've seen them before as uh, in The Lost World and that. And also the skin seems to be a little bit more uh, matte coloured, not that shiny amphibian-like skin. Mm-hmm. Um, but they went back to well, the Sam also... Winston uh, and. Uh, animatics animatics mm-hmm. marquettes <laughs> I'll, I'll get oh, yeah. my i'll get my words <laughs> out one day <laughs> it's also kind of hard because it looks like they are again doing the sexual dimorphism where one is kind of a jungly green and the other one's more of a pale yellowish green mm-hmm. and so it's kind of also hard to tell because they had that studio light shining down on the animatronic as we see the uh, crew member here working with them. And then I'm so in love with this Pinewood Studio uh, exteriors uh, jungle set. I mean, it's it's got everything that I could possibly want. It's got those kind of shadows. It's got fog. It's got 
Chris Pratt and uh, some other person walking through with that kind of adventure gear. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great shot. <laughs> Just that mm-hmm. that that real ancient looking forest, um, more mm-hmm. more ancient than what we've seen before uh, on the islands. Yeah. And then, I mean, of course, you got the Spanish moss hanging from all the trees here, mm. which is always I've always felt that's kind of been like kind of be there's just that moss hanging from the trees yep we won't get too much into the last story but do you think this is sauna i don't think so i'm assuming based on what we've seen previously that this is supposed to be the same location that was being filmed in at vancouver and i don't think that was sauna just because i think that sauna we're away from the islands at this point i mean sauna for all intents and purposes, is no longer a viable option. And I don't see any reason why they would return to it if it doesn't have, quote-unquote, a dinosaur population. I think that this is based on previously a Pacific Northwest location, and I think that this is more going to tie in with some of the other set pieces that we've seen previously versus being an entirely new location. So possibly uh, after the animals escape Lockwood Manor, they've gone north into this yeah darker... north yeah pretty much northeast west I'm sorry I'm northeast south can't go west <laughs> not west I want to say Sweden it does um it does give me hopes for some of the shots we're going to get in Dominion just mm-hmm. just the fact you like you don't want to walk into this forest. There's something, there's something bad in here. Yeah, it's definitely got that dark primordial forest jive going on, which is something that I really love that they did with um, Jurassic, I'm sorry, with The Lost World, and it's something I kind of hope that they really press in the promotion for uh, this movie. Like, like, don't show all dinosaur shots. Don't do what they did last move, uh, with the last two movies and show all the goods right up front. I want to see just pure kind of drooling, uh, like kind of like this stuff. I want to like I love how this reveals you something without actually telling you anything. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like I mean, all you get is that kind of that hint at the danger and the and the blood that's to come. You don't you don't you're there. What they're selling is the sizzle, not the steak, basically. Yeah. Yep. I'm a sauna, eighty miles from Nubla. We bred the animals there and nurtured them for a few months and then moved them into the park. All right, and that'll uh, that'll take us into our final story. <laughs> uh, I've seen it from uh, Adventure, Adventure Collectibles uh, when they posted up the comparison shots, but um, Colin broke the, uh, the fan community <laughs> mid-month with a shot of uh, a big stainless steel uh, embryo carrying mm-hmm. crate with the uh the, the old school Jurassic Park engine logo and under that side B is the sauna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says it is a um kind of cold storage crate like we had seen previously in the in Jurassic World when they were putting all the embryos in and this has caused for a lot a lot of speculation but as you mentioned the um Adventure Collectibles Twitter Twitter feed did kind of uh, do a little breakdown of these images, and it's kind of interesting because he's not. I mean, it does look pretty close to the lab facility from the very first movie, and I'm not sure if it's just supposed meant to be like a replication of it or if it's that exact location. Because I mean, we got this, we got the skeletons inlaid in the. Um, rock work like we saw in the first movie we got the dual tone uh floor uh split by the red line just like the lab from the first movie and we got these kind of punctured uh concrete slabs that was that engine used pretty much exclusively in his art in their their architecture Mm. on both isla nublar and sorna including the lab facility on isla nublar so I mean, it is teasing Isla Sorna, but at the same time, I'm thinking flashback to 
Isla Nublar. And also because, I mean, if you look on the wall on the concrete next to the skeleton, you can see an old 90s style phone. It's got the um, the elastic cord on it and everything, you know? Yeah. It's not it's not a cordless phone. It's clearly been is clearly an older phone. Mm. Yeah, I <laughs> I tweeted Jay um, with this because we discussed last when he was on that uh, Universal and Colin doing things like this, um, bringing back the uh, the Isla Nublar East Dock sign for Jurassic World, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I can't recall off the top of my mind what it was for Fallen Kingdom now. Oh, the Explorer. Um, <laughs> seeing the Explorer come back uh, with some of the first set photos and having him not do a lot mm. in the film. So I I was going into this thinking I don't want to even talk about it because speculation is speculation and this probably won't even end up in the final film. But to, uh, <laughs> to give the show a bit of uh, length, let's speculate. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you said flashback. I think a lot of people are thinking, okay, we're going to get a flashback here. Uh, obviously, it, with the little differences that it doesn't match the uh, visitor center lab um, exactly, I think are those little differences that you probably get in this production company trying to do something that's a, that's a, a look back at something from the original trilogy. We've seen those little mm-hmm. inaccuracies throughout these two new films. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, you could go into numerous examples of basically design choices that, even though the creators probably should have did their homework, they didn't <laughs> quite. And so you just get these kind of small inconsistencies, like the phone on the wall that can't be found in the first movie, or like, I mean, it's just small minor things, like um, the steps being kind of hidden or whatever they are on the um, visitor center in Jurassic World or even big things where the island shape is outright different, you know? <laughs> the explorer being in the northeast instead uh, northwest the, instead exactly, of northeast. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And also, too, a lot of fans are saying this cold storage is pretty much identical to that one we see in Fallen Kingdom and Jurassic World, mm-hmm. Jurassic World and Last night, Fallen Kingdom was on TV, and I just happened to turn over right at this point where uh, Maisie's running around Wu's lab, and this cold storage box is there um, mm-hmm. in Wu's lab. There, so there are some small differences, like the um, in place of the caution uh, nitrogen uh, nitrogen storage, uh, uh, the little yellow sign on the inside of the of the uh, top here is replaced in Jurassic World with a basically digitized version of that where it's uh like an apple screen or something like that where not a um not a actual analog sign mm. well that you makes know? sense for the time too if this is in fact exactly. 93 they're not going to have digital signs there they've still got crts on the in the control room so exactly yeah <laughs> yeah when when we sort of talk flashback because we haven't had a flashback in the series so far i was thinking maybe uh, Maisie nightmare um, again, last night seeing a couple of scenes from Fallen Kingdom, when she sees that photo of her as a child with uh, the younger maid, and we know she was back on the island in, or before the incident, um, maybe she's dreaming of uh, when she was. She's starting to get flashes from her previous uh, original copy of the clone, or whatever you want to call her, her original like self. Like kind of genetic memory thing? Yeah, yeah. That could very well be. I didn't think of that before. I know that a lot of people, when this first came out, was thinking this that back when people thought it was on Sorna, they're kind of thinking, well, this is maybe that's where they took the embryos and Wu after clearing them out on Isla Nublar, and that the reason that the that Haskins uh, Ingen team cleared out the dinosaurs on Isla Sorna was to set up a base on Isla Sorna and in turn that would have been where those engine guys came from in the finale of the of Jurassic World mm-hmm. but actually uh, knowing what we do know now I actually like your idea well even even if there's a meeting um, 
if Dodson sees her and realizes who she is, if he if he was um, trying to find an employee back in '93 to to do the job for him, and before he found Nedry, he was looking at some other things and seeing that Maisie had been to the island or something, or was going for that nanny um, mm-hmm. to try and get access to embryos, and he sees this little girl again and realizes that hey, I've I've seen you at this exact same age back in '93, and that's why she's kidnapped. Or something that, along those lines, but another good idea, especially or even he's manages to sneak in with the tour group that uh, Hammond is privately giving a little tour of the facilities of, because like you said, the original Maisie did see the park before she died. Mm. It's possible he managed to kind of act as some kind of corporate spy, because that was what he had it back in uh, when he was in in the books and was he was the head of the um, R&D, basically did a lot of his stuff through corporate espionage. Yeah. Yeah. And the other possibility, too, is this shot of this container, the sort of the colours are a lot more... um, I'm not going to be able to use the correct term, not saturated, but a lot of that sort of warmer colours where you look back at the original film, the lab was a lot more sort of white or a cleaner white colour. Mm-hmm. Whether whether this is a flashback to Dodson going back after the park's um, been evacuated, and this may be a few days, a few weeks later, I I think in the end the uh, the site being Isla Sauna being on this crate may be just a a tie in to the fact that um, back in Jurassic Park sauna was a thing, even though in the original mm-hmm. film it wasn't, and just being a little Easter egg like that. Yeah, it could be. And like you said at the beginning of this discussion, could be just, I mean, the Isla Sorna thing could just be just something there in the background. It's not actually kind of a plot point, you know? Yeah, well, and as, as you brought up too, the fact that DPG had said that the, <laughs> had said that Sorna was uh, dead, all the animals taken off, it's, It's hard when you have people involved in the Universal Viral in the marketing sites saying that, well, that's just a company website. Um, they might not be telling the truth and all this stuff because that's just bullshit writing out what you've made canon to change to fit the next film. And if, I it, will if, say that, that... if that happens, I'm going to be off this <laughs> franchise. I will say that Technically, the DPG never said they were all dead. They said there was a population drop, and it was kind of the fans who took that and made the assumption that everything was gone. And so, as the um, as the title of, or the tagline of the Lost World said, something could have survived. You know, yeah. And it could just be that the population now being so small that they just no longer present. A kind of absolute danger at all, you know? Mm. Yeah, well, and that's that's an issue we have here because a lot of uh, blog sites, entertainment sites, took this photo and ran with uh, Trevero teasing return to Isla Sauna or Dominion returning to Isla Sauna and all this sort of uh, headline bullshit across the internet now now everyone thinks we're either going back to sauna there's people saying oh yes Mm. we're finally going to get a rematch between the spinosaurus and the tyrannosaurus ah my head hurts (laughs) no accounting for uh for um clickbait but i mean let's be fair though we go you go to a website like say halliburton or even apple and they do have a a lot of the kind of company line bull bull spit. <laughs> I mean, you go to Lowe's.com, and I work. I was working for Lowe's, and they say we're doing our absolute best to uh, protect you and your family during COVID. No, you're not. You barely <laughs> even give your employees enough time to wipe down the counter. I mean, you know, it's it's. I mean, there is a large degree of kind of PR that goes on between company websites. And then there's Jack Ewens who's writing it, trying to keep this level of ambiguity within it all. He's not trying to keep make things set in hard masonry. He's 
trying to give it a little leeway so if the powers that be decide that they want to change something, it's not they're not bound by something he's he's written on a website that's probably going to be taken down in 20 years. Mm. You know, I mean, it's just I mean, there yes there is a degree of ambiguity there, but at the same time it is the fan's job to kind of read between those lines. Like, for example, when Jack, like when they did those um, in Fallen Kingdom that we lament so much about, and they, and uh, uh, Trevorrow then has to go out and come out with an explanation. Oh, there were canals there. Technically, he is still supported by the evidence in that. I put up, a, I put up a comparison of the Jurassic World map. And the uh, Jurassic Park map of Isla Nublar from the computer screens. And you can see that there is, on the Jurassic Park map, a river delta that flows through the island and cuts into the interior of the island where Main Street is. Hmm. It was, it'd really be more of a kind of smaller engineering project of connecting that river to the lagoon. And so, I mean, you can argue that that's how the Mosasaur got out. She just swam down the river. And the evidence of that river still being there is still in Jurassic World with the sand deposits of the river delta that you can see on the satellite images in the on the computers in the first movie. And so I posted that image, that comparison, on the Jurassicpedia Twitter. I mean, I'm sorry, the Jurassicpedia Instagram and then Jack Ewins put on his Instagram story. He took a screen cap of the picture that I created, and then says, basically, this is the, this is what's happening. So it's not that there's not thought put into it. It's more that you gotta kind of not everything's spoon fed to you. You kind of gotta do a little bit of the homework yourself. And unfortunately, there's just a group of fans out there that are like. Oh, I don't want to have to think. I just want to watch T-Rex go <laughs> war. You know? Yeah. Okay, let's see it. Yep. Show me. Show me if, if it's not in the film, it doesn't exist. <laughs> I mean, you can... I mean, at the same time, you can say that, but these films, and even the books themselves, have demanded this kind of... Not. I mean, I wouldn't say it's kind of like a research project, but it does demand that you have some knowledge of, say, what a dinosaur is, or in the book's case, some knowledge of kind of what is going on in paleontology in 1990, in the, I'm sorry, in, 19, in the late 1980s when Crichton was writing this book. So when you look back at it in 2020, you can understand, you understand looking back into that mindset, you see, Oh, that's why they named Velociraptor like that, or the Deinonychus Velociraptor, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not that, it's not mindless entertainment, you know? It's not like a Marvel movie where you just shut off your mind for two hours and watch big lasers go boom, boom. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it does, it's at least intended to be at some point smart science fiction it's like interstellar you know it's yeah. it's more interstellar less um less uh, invasion of the body snatchers you know uh, um anything else on the embryo cold storage set pick i we've we've sort of suggested what we think it may be are there any radical out there theories could this be the lab on sauna which we haven't really seen we've only seen the the Ambrox administration and the uh, the eggs. Um, yeah, I do remember speculating that with you, and in theory, I don't think it is because I don't think it's supported by the evidence that we see in the background of the cold storage. Mm. But I do kind of kind of understand that people who haven't uh, looked at that an- analysis could potentially um, could potentially speculate that to be so. Because I've heard that because of the little inaccuracies here from here to there, you'd think if InGen's mass-producing, like building Jurassic Park and Sauna, they're going to use similar architects and that sort of thing, and those little inaccuracies we're seeing in this photo is because it's the lab on Sauna and not the lab on Nublar, but... 
But then, I mean, like, there's the skeletons in the stone that was something exactly unique to the visitor center. We don't see that anywhere else in the franchise. No. And I think that's kind of a nail in the coffin for any kind of theory that it's anything but, in a way, you know? I mean, not to kind of force my opinion on the fans, but from my professional opinion, that's what I think it is. Yeah. Yep. Even the fact that the skeletons here are sort of a different color, tan color than in the original film, they're the same color as the rock, they're just carved out. Though, to be fair, I mean, there is a degree of um, filters that are working against yeah. the color the color timing here. I remember I just saw a, um article in Screen Rant that kind of made a, some short rounds around the fandom where they basically took uh, arguments the fans have been making for 20 years at this point and pointed out how every single release of the of the first movie has different color timing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, to throw out a real, real weird uh, fan theory here, um, this is on Sauna. This is, we get to see, the start of the film opens with the evacuation and this crate getting loaded up and shipped off to Indian headquarters. Now that I would, yeah, that I would love to see because we've never actually seen anything of the facilities when they were actually running. Mm-hmm. And I know that a prequel kind of, or in between Quill even, and, there, <laughs> and we've, even, we've discussed this uh, to a point of engine setting up on Isla Sorna, cloning dinosaurs on Isla Sorna, and then the subsequent evacuation of Isla Sorna when Hurricane Clarissa struck. Mm-hmm. Now, in saying all this speculation we've just talked about for the last 15-20 minutes, I don't want to see any of it in the film because it would have my hopes up too high or expectations up too high. I don't think the team involved is capable of giving me what I want to see from an evacuation or from Sauna. <laughs> Again, returning there. Uh, we mentioned that forest, that old forest earlier. If they're going to say, well, we're going back to sauna and this is sauna, well, this isn't a sauna we've seen. Yes, it could be a little bit different now after so many years, but just, again, those little differences that they've tried to wink at fans with mm-hmm. and fans having problems, <laughs> including me, with some of them stuff. I just hope this is just in the background of a shot somewhere and it's nothing nothing more, nothing less mm-hmm. in in the long run because I don't think I'm going to be happy with anything they do <laughs> unfortunately that's just me that's me i will say that i do not have like a huge amount of faith in Trevorrow and Connolly's writing ability to truly bring such ideas in a deep way to the screen do i think that they would be great to see with a competent writing team i do but as you said right now with the powers that be I would like to see it expanded more with a with a different writing team than we currently have because I mean don't get me wrong I do like the Jurassic movies I am grateful that they exist but I do think that there's a potential there to return to this kind of deep science fiction that we the series once was and I don't think we're going to get that with Chris Pratt and the action team. Hmm. Yeah. And that's Looking at the, this trilogy over the whole, Fallen Kingdom, if you're going to go back to Sauna, Fallen, Fallen Kingdom would be where you go, just because it sort of mirrors the first trilogy. Um, they want to do the abandoned park, because I know there's still a lot of fans of Jurassic Park that wanted that, that aspect done in the Lost World, not a new not a new island, different island. Uh, returning Jurassic Park, seeing the old park in ruins and having some sort of story take place there. We've got that in Fallen Kingdom now. There's already a lot that's going to be happening in this film, and including Sauna, I think, takes it out. Unless we get a shot at the end of uh, those dinosaurs happy once again on Sauna, being left alone. But I don't know. No one, there's only a select few that know, and they're uh, currently working mm-hmm. hard on bringing this film to um, realisation. So we'll wait and see what their vision is. Yep. All right, Dave, that has been the news for August. Uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, we'll see what comes out this next month. It's, uh, it's a busy time for the franchise. Yep. I'm definitely excited, and I'll probably be excited when we're doing 
the uh, Fallen Kingdom minutes, and we're looking back at these speculations, and we're like, uh, how could we ever, ever thought I liked that? <laughs> uh, yes. Yep. That, uh, we got we got Camp Cretaceous to look forward to this next month. Yep. And, um... Which I heard, I think, is going to be eight episodes. Okay. So a bit shorter, but not unexpected. I know that a first season for a tentative series is usually given like a short season run. Usually, I know it can be as little as five or six episodes and as usually no more than 13, you know? Yep. 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 That's all right. We've got that to look forward to. And uh, coming up, we've got uh, some more minutes of Jurassic World 2 to discuss. But Dave, yeah. until then, let's get heavy for today. Sure. Sure.